Hi, I'm Josh Gonzalez, and welcome to MindMeld. This is a podcast where I have in-depth conversations with some of the brightest people in the known universe. My aim is to spark deep conversations around interesting topics to find the tools, tactics, and philosophies that we can all use in our daily and creative lives. In this episode, I'm joined by the amazing James Janney. James is a British documentary-style YouTuber where he creates videos around topics such as entrepreneurship, money, and business. Within just four short months of launching his YouTube channel back in January, his channel went from just a few hundred subscribers to now well over 300,000 subscribers just at the time that this podcast has been released. Some of his videos got picked up by the YouTube algorithm, and just within a few short weeks, these videos have already gained over 7.5 million views. That's just within four short months of launching his YouTube channel. Some of these videos are the untold truth about money, how to build wealth from nothing, the toxic world of self-help, hustle culture, toxic positivity, addiction, and fake gurus. And my personal favorite, the rise of fake gurus, the dark truth behind making millions from online courses. And you can find links to these videos in the show notes, which is linked in the description of this podcast. So go check them out and check out James's YouTube channel. Then come back and listen to this. In this episode, James talks about his sudden rise to YouTube fame and the virality of his videos, all while being quarantined in his home during COVID-19. And he talks about this unlikely story of how he quit acting, gave up his software company that he was building, and then just went all in on creating these educational YouTube content. James and I talk about his creative process for coming up with ideas for videos, how he gathers the research for them, and then how he ultimately writes the scripts and produces these videos. We also get into this world of the fake online gurus that he talks about in one of his videos, and sort of this rise in this new age entrepreneurship that people are being sold on. And we talk about how you can basically not fall prey to this. It's a great conversation where James and I talk about entrepreneurship, making money online, and just how to create really good content and be genuine and just do really cool stuff, which is what this podcast is all about, really. So I had a really great time chatting with James, and I hope you love this episode. As always, if you find any of this stuff interesting, fun, or you want to dive into more, I do have show notes and links to some of the stuff that we talk about in the description of this podcast. So just go to the link in the description of this podcast and go to my website where you will have links to basically everything we talk about. I make very detailed show notes so that you can go and explore the web from some of these ideas. And as always, if you find any of this stuff interesting, please subscribe and share this with your friends because that's how these things grow. So without further ado, I'm Josh Gonzalez, and this is Mind Meld with James Janney. James, thanks so much for taking the time to come on Mind Meld. I know this has been a long time in the making. Uh, we've been chatting for a while now, and you finally kind of take some time off in between some some of your videos. So, I man, thanks so much for taking the time to come on here. This is amazing. Oh, it's my pleasure, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, man. I know. Yeah, you've been just super busy um, because your YouTube channel just absolutely exploded. And I really want to start off with that because like when we first started talking, I think you had like maybe 8,000 subscribers, maybe something like that. Where are you at now, man? Like it's been it's been a roller coaster ride. It's been one hell of a roller coaster ride in the last like month to two months. Right now we're coming at, I think, 280,000. 284,000. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, it's been it's been insane. I mean, where do you want to start on this one? Well, the first thing I want to bring up is like, man, it's not like you have thousands of videos or you have like all these videos or a huge following. You kind of went from like technically like zero to 100 real quick with only a handful of videos. So what I kind of want to get into is like, I want to get into the nature of the videos because I think that's where the really interesting talks will come. But just for people listening to like learn about your story here, it's kind of like, man, like you only started posting a few months ago and you already have almost 300,000 subscribers. And like, how do you think that even happened? Is it just purely the quality? Is it like these algorithms? Like, what do you think it was? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a multifaceted answer. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of um, factors I think went into it. And trust me, I'm as blown away as you are by how fast that progress was. And as, as many of my you know audience have been like incredibly amazed by how fast things have progressed. Um, at its core, I've always focused on creating really good quality content. That's always been the priority for me. Um, and, and what you may notice with my channel is I'm not posting once every day. Uh, like in, in the current kind of social media climate, you're, you're often given the advice of post nonstop content. Um, whereas I've taken... I've taken the opposite approach in in the sense that I will only ever post a video once it's at the at the quality that I want. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is uh, I've been um, I've I I got fairly lucky in in the sense that my second video, which was on uh, this whole fake guru stuff, which I'm sorry going to touch on in, in soon, um, but that was a topic that was slowly becoming a trend. And although I didn't intentionally at the time know that I was, you know, hopping on that trend, um, that was the video that ended up blowing up the channel. And consequently, a lot of other videos on the channel ended up blowing up thanks to that. Um, Then the third thing was understanding the algorithm. I did do a lot of algorithm research before starting this channel, um, which has helped me understand kind of how I should be looking at the channel from a data perspective and what specific metrics I should be looking for and how I should be kind of, I guess, quote unquote, equipping the channel to actually get a user to click on a video um, and actually watch it to the end. Those are some of the two most important factors um, when it comes to the YouTube algorithm. Understanding that um, was another big thing. And I guess combining these things together, plus the fact that I was starting in a niche that I think I had a very clear value proposition. Um, I knew that in the entrepreneurship niche that there was this almost epidemic of like, uh, like the, the fake gurus, the business gurus that I felt personally didn't have good advice um, or that I felt weren't really genuine. And so I knew I could come in with a genuine voice, but I could also bring in my experiences with acting uh, and my love for films into the mix as well to kind of create this, what I hope to be a very unique channel in the entrepreneurship niche um but with a well-established value proposition and then essentially all these little factors combined is what i would uh say was the equation um that led to where the channel is at the moment there you go so there's the cookbook right there on how to <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah. yeah pretty much yeah, man. so you're you're a, a renowned chef now that's awesome Literally. Dude, I, it's, it's so true though like when i came across your video i think it was either the toxic self self-help or the 
clickbait guru. I can't remember because I watched them both the same night that came up on my feed. And it was like from a friend of mine that posted on YouTube, like not your video, she posted something. And then right away, your video was like recommended. And I think you're right. Like, I think you really hit something on the psychology and like the design of like maybe the thumbnail on the what you're talking about. You came at like the perfect time. I was like, yeah, I want to check this out. And with that epidemic of fake gurus, I want to get into that because it's so true. You came at the perfect time. Like, I feel like you just tapped into the zeitgeist because it's been happening over the last couple of years. I saw you put like Sam Ovens in there, Dan Locke. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Two of which my brother is fully invested in both of them. <laughs> we can get into that, man. Like, it's crazy. I don't think he'll really care if I talk about it. Too bad for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll do, he's like, we'll dive into I'm telling it. you, he's a follower of Sam Ovens. Really? Oh, Sam Ovens does God. have a very, yeah, his, it's interesting. Even on that video, I had so many comments saying, yeah, but Sam Ovens is legit. Sam Ovens is legit. And uh, he kind of is, but it, it, you're, ta- you're touching on something bigger than that. It's these people, mm-hmm. like, he's just a really good example of like when you see these ads. And for an, a really good example is while I was watching the YouTube video, all the ads that I got were these fucking fake gurus yeah. as yeah, you're yeah, explaining yeah, yeah, yeah. it, right? Yeah, you're, you're like, here's exactly breaking down how they do it and then you're watching in the video so i think what you've done is like hopefully for the people who weren't aware of it they've become aware of it because mm. i think what you really did was sort of wake people up to it, like hey this is actually bullshit they don't know what they're talking about they're selling you crap a lot of the time mm. and and i think that's totally i i can definitely see why that was a video that blew up your channel because mm. it was just the perfect timing and then the way that you do it man it's like it is unique because you bring in like clips from actual films the quality is amazing it's documentary style like it's high quality it's like something you could watch on netflix honestly thank you and and then like the tone of it is like subtly like i don't want to say conspiracy theory but just like the tone the music you use and then your voice like i think you can use that for some like really cool conspiracy shit but like you're doing it for (laughs) legit legit things it's not like bullshit conspiracy you're actually talking about real shit which is awesome so i think they all come together to to make something really really cool and it's really unique Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that it, it, the, the video was intended to be on a much more, um, a bit more on a broader theme when it comes to these business gurus, which I guess we can touch on now if, if, if yeah. we, yeah. Let's do it. Um, okay. So the, the mentality behind that video or why I started it initially was because I had gone down that whole rabbit hole myself. Um, I never had an interest in entrepreneurship uh, up until about let's say about a year, year and a bit ago. Um, I was very acting, very, you know, the theater kid. That was how people knew me in school. They knew, even if you didn't speak to me, you know, I was that guy doing drama. Um, that was the rep I'd built for myself. Um, then around kind of, I had this trip to Portugal um, where I essentially, I had like 500, 600 in my bank account, 400 in cash. I came back from that holiday. Uh, I had nothing in my bank account, had nothing in cash and a broken phone, which is a whole story in and of itself. Um, but, uh, I came back with a desire or like, I guess a wish, um, which I hadn't experienced before, which was, I need to make money. Um, and, and before this is like, when you're an actor, you just assume you're going to be broke until you make it. Um, and that's the mentality that I had. And suddenly I was thrown in this position of like, dude, I have nothing. I've lost like any kind of savings, any of that it's gone. So 
I started then going online and looking into how to make money online, et cetera, et cetera. And then hello, lo and behold, these ads started popping up of, um, you know, Ty Lopez, his ads were kind of in the past. I knew about them, but Ty Lopez esque people and ads, um, of that nature. I started getting more invested into these business gurus. Um, and I went down a whole rabbit hole of even, you know, I, there was a course that I didn't buy. I pirated admittedly cause I couldn't even afford it. Um, where it was talking about the, like starting up a digital marketing agency is sometimes called social media marketing agency. SMMA is the kind of abbreviated form of it. Um, which is the business model of pretty much being an agency that goes to a business and runs their social media marketing for them. Uh, now there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with selling a course of about that. It's the way in which it's pitched, which is the big problem. Uh, and the way in which it was sold to me was like, dude, I saw this course. I saw the advertising. It's like, oh my God, this I'm going to break. I'm never going to have to work a nine to five again. I'm going to, uh, you know, it's these typical words of like financial freedom. I'm going to, I'm going to be working, um, you know, from home. I'm going to be uh, traveling around the world, etc. They really catch you with these dreams. Um, and they sell it as a lifestyle product and not really as what the product is. Um, which allows them to really mock up to ridiculous prices that they do. Uh, it's like 997 or 1997, you know, some even more than that. Um, and I started a digital marketing agency with a friend of mine and, uh, we did this for a solid, uh, I would say like five, six months, uh, that we were doing this for, uh, at this time, I was starting to lose my passion for acting as well. Uh, and I was starting to become much more business and entrepreneur, entrepreneurship focused. Um, and we started with the mentality of making money, uh, which is a bad place to come from, I think, if you're starting any venture, because you're focused on just making money. Uh, there's no talk of what value you're providing to the market. There's no talk of what problem you're trying to solve. It's just, dude, we're going to sign up. 10 people for a thousand pounds. We're going to get six figures. Yeah, man, we're going to make so much money from this. Um, needless to say, we didn't sign up any paying clients. We had meetings where we were very close to signing them up. We had one trial client that we were working for, for a month. Uh, they ignored us at the end of the month, even though I feel like we did a pretty decent job on their social media accounts. Um, and then it kind of came to a day, like after all of this was going on October time last year, uh, where it was like, I kind of, I remember we were sitting there and I kind of just turned to my friend and essentially I was just like, I don't think this is working. I think we need to call it quits. And we both agreed. Yeah, this is it. Um, this is where it kind of ends. Um, so during this period where we were doing this agency and where I was getting into business, um, I read one particular book. Um, now I'm not, I'm not sponsored by, uh, by the author or anything. I've literally made three, I've mentioned his book three times in my videos. I'm not paid a single penny by, uh, MJ DeMarco, who I'm talking about. Um, I just genuinely believe that his book helped me so, his books helped me so much uh, in understanding what the core values are, um, that comes with, that comes with entrepreneurship. It was the Millionaire Fast Lane was the one I read. He's only got two. The one, the first one that I read was Millionaire Fast Lane. Immediately after reading that, I read Unscripted. Um, and I vividly remember I was on the train about to get headshots for acting because I was still on and off about whether I was doing this. And I didn't even want to get the book because I didn't like the title. I thought like it was a bit of a cheesy title, Millionaire Fast Lane, but it was recommended to me some other time. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. First few pages of reading that book, um, it was a very quick realization that what I was reading was I wasn't going to see things the same way after I finished it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've, yeah. probably, you've probably felt this feeling before like with, with yeah. certain things. With um, that book in particular, The Millionaire Fastlane. Oh, have you, have you read it? Recommend, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. My, my brother recommended that to me and I read it. I haven't read Unscripted yet, but yeah, The Millionaire Fastlane totally 
uh, implanted some mental models in my brain that I still use to this day for sure. Yeah. And, and it will become a theme now as I continue with this story after reading that book. Um, it made me so angry uh, as well because I was reading it and I was remembering all these gurus I had watched in these ads. Uh, all of these um, finance books, I was reading other finance books like the classic Rich Dad, Poor Dad or Richest Man in Babylon or just these, uh, your money, or like, like these books that uh, were finance related. And I was reading this, and I was so angry. I was like, why is it taken this long for someone to just put it this way? Why? And it was so, and to someone else who, who has studied economics or been in business and then had a proper business background, maybe the book will come up across as like pretty obvious stuff to talk about. But it was for me who'd never come from that business, who was introduced to business and entrepreneurship via the whole um, gurus and influencer style of entrepreneurship, which is about, you know, this romanticized concept of working on the beach and escaping your job and financial freedom to for someone to put it in a way that it's find a problem in the market to solve and uh, present that solution to the market and create a business around it. You're paid in proportion to your perceived value in the market. Look to provide value to other people and the, and the money will come afterwards. Money will always chase value. For someone to put it that way, it was like, why has it taken this long? And everything just clicked. Everything clicked. Um, so then after finishing that agency, I had that more restored mindset of, okay, now I'm going to be looking for problems. Um, and I was working as two jobs, a store clerk and a, a call center. Um, this was like from October to December. And during this time, I was like, okay, what problem can I solve? What problem can I solve? And I had a little notebook that I would write ideas every, every so often. And there was one issue where I noticed that a lot of people had the sentiment of, I wish I, I, was, I, I was taught money or personal finance skills in school. Uh, and I, I, I echoed that sentiment myself, uh, like stuff about taxes, how a mortgage works, or how to even manage your money, uh, all of these subjects that you're not really, I guess, um, taught properly in school, I felt. So I was like, okay, let me create... Um, a, like a financial online platform, learning platform for these subjects, kind of like um, if you've ever heard of Code Academy. Um, yeah, so Code Academy is just essentially for anyone that doesn't know, is like a, a online platform where you could learn how to code. Um, we had it in school, we'd use it, um, and I thought it was a really cool thing because it made coding very accessible. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I create a Code Academy, but for like these sort of subjects, finance related subjects? And I built the site within about a month. I used WordPress because I didn't have any programming knowledge. I just built a very minimum viable product version of it just so they had its basic functionalities. And as I built it, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I just created a YouTube channel to kind of indirectly promote the business as well? Um, and so I did. But in order to start that channel, this is around January time, in order to start that channel, I had to learn how to edit videos. Now, I didn't realize this. Um, this is a very unintentional uh, consequence or realization, but all these skills I had developed in the past, which is acting, um, my love for films and movies, uh, and also I loved writing as well. I never took it seriously, but I'd always loved writing um, throughout my childhood. Uh, all these skills, the one thing that I just needed to learn, I guess, to kind of connect the dots was video editing. And as soon as I learned video editing and I posted my first video, which was on universities, because in my head I was like, okay, what well, can I actually make a video on? I know a bit about universities, so I'll do that. Um, as soon as I posted that video, it was like, whoa. Like I just took something that was in my head and made it into an actual on-screen thing. And immediately the channel became its own thing, um, almost immediately. And it became a case of, okay, that was amazing. Now let me create another video. I need to talk about fake gurus. 
I need to talk about the whole rabbit hole that I just went through. And so I made that video. I didn't even script it. I had it bullet pointed just because I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about in that video. Um, I, I remember doing like all the research for it was just going through hours and hours of these webinars, um, finding particular clips so I can string it together um, in the video itself. And I made that video and when it started, and by the way, like all of these videos, they would get maybe a couple hundred views. Nothing crazy, never blew up. Same with the fake guru video. Um, and I saw that and little did I know that was the video that would end up blowing up the channel initially. And I was like, this is amazing. Next video. And as I continued making these videos, um, you know, I mean, I have like eight on the channel so far. And as I was making these uh, videos, my, um, my video editing skills started improving a lot more. And then I got an estate agency job around the time when I had made the fake guru video. Uh, and I hated it. Uh, it wasn't even like I enjoyed working with the people there. It was just, I got burnt out real quick because I was doing three things. I was doing this financial learning platform. I was doing YouTube and I was doing the estate agent as an estate agent. Uh, the hours are kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's really big, like chunky hours of your day. Um, and I got super burnt out and then I eventually quit two weeks in, which made me feel pretty crappy because I'd spent a month just applying for estate agency jobs two weeks and I left and then coronavirus hit. And then lockdown happened and I was like, well, now I've got no other choice but to just go all in on these videos. Um, and after lockdown, I created, uh, I did the data broker video. I did then the um, self-help video, which in my head, I was like, I really want to talk about the self-help industry, which I'm sure we'll maybe cover a bit more about um, later on. Uh, then I made the money video because I was like, dude, I need to talk about everything that I learned from MJ's works and create that into a video because it was an actual equation to, to, to money and, and understanding wealth and understanding entrepreneurship. Um, so I made that video, which is now my most popular video on the, on the channel. After these seven videos were made, um, there was a day that I woke up and this was in the middle of producing the next video. And I looked at my phone, I went through my morning routine and I looked at it and normally I get about like zero to 10 views per hour. Then suddenly it was like 15 to 25. And I was like, whoa, okay, something has happened here. Um, like someone has posted it somewhere or something. So I went and checked where these views were coming from. And it was coming from the suggested views, which meant essentially when I was looking at my phone, I was like, dude, no way. The algorithm has actually picked up one of my videos. And it was the fake guru video that was getting this um, influx of viewers. And it progressed. Like it went, the next day it went from this like 25 viewers, it went to 50 viewers. The next day after that, it went to 100 viewers an hour. It went to 150. It went to one, it went to 500, 1,000, 2,500. Uh, at the peak of all of this, when it was like at four to 7,000 an hour, um, I was getting about 10,000 subscribers a day, which is ridiculous. Um, like absolutely insane. And there was, there was a period of four days and every, every one of my friends knows about this because I told them what had happened. And it was a period of four days where my heart was nonstop being, it was like the feeling I get when I'm about to go on stage, um, to do a performance. And there's a mixture of dread, excitement, fear, all of it mixed in one. It was like that, but for four days straight. And I couldn't, Jeez. yeah, no, it was, it was bad. It wasn't even a good thing. It was, uh, I, I couldn't eat properly. I couldn't sleep properly. Um, Why? What was going through your mind? What were you thinking? Because, yeah, literally it was in these moments where I was realizing the kind of long-term dreams that I've had and, and, and what I want to do with my life, I guess. Um, for example, one big thing for me is I'd love to be semi-retired by 30. Just It just means that I'm in a, a financial position where I don't have to ever work for money ever again. Um, I can do whatever I want. Uh, I also would love to travel around the world. I'm very like family-centric. I'd love to kind of be in a position where I can focus entirely on family and not have to worry about working. Um all of the, that, that whole goal and that whole vision, I realized genuinely 
that this could be, this is it. I, I think I've just found the path that's going to get me there. And that realization to me, and, and at this age of like 20, where I'm like only just starting things, having it happen that quickly was like, all of these things just mixed into one. And, and you can imagine, like my phone was blowing up, Instagram's blowing up, the YouTube channel's blowing up, all these comments are appearing. Um, it, all of this stimulus is just so over, like it, it went, my brain was going crazy. And I had to remember that I had to take these jogs in like the, the local park um, just to like release energy because I could not like sit straight. I couldn't think like properly. It was just ridiculous. Um, four days this happened. Um, eventually it kind of settled down and I became more focused because I still had a video that I was trying to make. Right. Um, so yeah, I settled down and I just got on to, to really then focusing on this next video and then, and then making that. Um, but that, is essentially the journey i know that was a really long 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 um, winded way of getting around to answering your question but it's great because like, i love how you went in depth there and really you know got deep 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 into it because that's kind of where we, we can go in a million different directions from here man because like i think from the content creation perspective yeah i know exactly what you're saying how it's like it's crazy within those four days but you didn't let it get to you, you weren't like i mean luckily it kind of like I wouldn't say plateaued, but like you, you're kind of either used to the upswing or like you kind of used to that. Yeah. Um, and luckily it's through notifications. You can turn off notifications. I can only imagine how crazy this would be if you're fucking one direction, you're like 16 <laughs> yeah. years old yeah. and you can't go anywhere. I was just talking to my girlfriend about it. Uh, like, you know, and that's kind of what you described. It's like this, like hitting that peak. It's like a really wild journey, right? Like your, 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 your heart's pounding crazier than riding any kind of ride. And you're on the, the YouTube algorithm ride. And I think what's really, really interesting about that is like, you, you had two choices here. You could have just gone all in on your WordPress site and tried to just make your thing and try to just make your online learning platform. Or you're like, hey, let's try to put this on YouTube. And then you, there's already billions of people on YouTube and you're able to like kind of like hitch a ride on that, you know? You're almost like riding the waves of A, the universe, because it seems like the universe was really just funneling you into this, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and then does, you started riding yeah, the waves yeah. of the, the YouTube algorithm, you know? So it really just felt like in that time, it kind of seems like for me, from the outside even, it really just seems like, like a perfect synchronicity. Like it just seems like... I don't know how spiritual you are, like mixing the spiritual with the business, but it's like, there's something there, you know, there either has to be. I was going to say, um, I, when I hit 10 K, um, subscribers, when things were getting like, uh, starting to get really crazy, I had a good friend of mine call me. Um, and he said something that was really, really true. Um, or it just struck me and I had a moment of like actually just recounting events that led up to this point and kind of why the story that I just like, you know, up to this point was so important. He said, you know what? It's a good thing that you didn't get into drama school because I had been auditioning for drama school during like my acting stuff and I got rejected two years in a row, very devastated by it. But he said, it's a good thing that you didn't get into it. And in that moment, I paused and it wasn't just that. I realized there were so many events that were seemingly, I thought, were insignificant or they were failures that actually helped me to get to this position right now. Getting rejected from drama school, losing my passion for acting, having that trip in Portugal where I lost my money and started, you know, had a desire to start making money, um, going down the fake guru rabbit hole, because after all, it was a fake guru video. If I hadn't gone down the rabbit hole, I wouldn't have been able to make that video um, that blew up the channel. Uh, starting my, like, the financial learning platform that eventually led me to creating the YouTube channel. Like, all these seemingly unrelated events or failures brought me to where the channel is right now and when my friend said that over the phone i had that little moment of just things flashing like you know you know flashing in my head um and really this realization of damn it's crazy how things will play out and you just don't know how it's going to play out the only thing i can say is that 
to my benefit was that I just went and experienced a lot of things in a very small amount of time. I can imagine like going from, uh, going from trying to be an actor to going from trying to be an entrepreneur, starting a business whilst also having three different jobs in the, <laughs> and starting a financial learning platform, starting a YouTube channel. I did this all in the space of about a year, a year and a bit, this all happened. Um, and all these experiences uh, really helped me kind of, I guess, strike gold with something that kind of worked with all my skills that I developed over this period of time. Um, and again, as I said, the video editing was just the final click and YouTube was the sort of the, the sowing, I guess, the grounds in which those, those seeds could be sowed. And uh, it allowed me to create the channel and, and what I have right now, which is, yeah, it, it, uh, without, you know, no understatement, it literally changed my life. That is amazing. Like in what kind of sense? Like, I mean, financially, I don't know how open you are to speaking about it, but at that number of views, that number of subscribers, has YouTube, like, has the monetization actually worked out? Like, so you don't have to worry about money now? Yeah. Um, I mean, partly this is the reason why my heart was going crazy um, because I'm totally open to talk about numbers as well. I don't mind. I think the reason I like people like Graham Steven on YouTube, for example, is he's very open with his numbers and figures. So yeah, part of the reason why my heart was going crazy as well is because I started getting the money coming in from monetization. Um, and it was in the single, my first month, more money than I'd ever made in my entire life. Um, in one month, it was uh, about 11K. Um, and then the month after that, it was, so last month, it was uh, 24K. And this month, I'm currently at six, uh, almost 7K at the moment. Um, it, that is insane. Absolutely insane. I had never, this kind of money never, ever earned in my life before ever. Um, so that's, that I guess goes in ties with how I was, you know, thinking about my goals of reaching that, you know, semi-retired by 30. Uh, not only that, but now I'm potentially hitting that even way, um, you know, earlier than that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, congrats. Like, that's huge. And I mean, like, I, I mean, it's really important not to rest in the, on your laurels, which it seems like you're not. It's like, this is almost like your standard now. You have that amount of money coming in. It's not like, hey, I could just ride off my channel now. I don't have to make anything. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, no, you're way, immediately, yeah. no, no. You're like, what can I do next? What's next? What's next? Oh, so, 100%, 100%. Exactly, man. Um, there's a lot more I have planned for the channel. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I want to do with the channel is, um, first of all, every piece of video, I'm never going to look like I'm never going to disregard what got me here in the first place, which is having very high quality content. Um, that's always going to be the focus of my channel and my videos. Um, and essentially what I want to do with the channel is create almost, uh, give it that, that reputation of almost being the Netflix of YouTube. Um, and having these uh, documentary style videos that are very, very well, highly produced, um, very, extremely entertaining, but also uh, very informative um, and very educational at the same time. Combining all of these things together, I want, and you know, with that Netflix style of quality and just that storytelling that comes with it, um, that's what I want the main channel to be. And and I have other ways of kind of then building out other sort of uh, businesses that can run alongside the channel. Um, one problem that I noticed, and again, emphasizing on the word problem, always being problem focused, um, is I noticed that uh, when I was doing video editing, um, one big thing is that there are these like transition packs, sound effects, animation presets, and all of this stuff um, that you kind of buy from different companies as individual products. Um, and they're like little packs for like transitions that you can drag and drop into, uh, well, somewhat drag and drop into um, your software. Um, but they're all individual packs that you have to buy one by one. And I thought, dude, I would literally pay for just a service that would give me all of this stuff um, 
and just have it all on, on a database on like a massive list, like a music library. And I was like, well, there you go. If you're complaining about something, then go in and make a business idea. Now I haven't done enough research into like looking at the competition and stuff, but I know that with the channel, if it grows to, you know, and it continues to grow as it is very easy to get that off on his feet. Um, and so I'm, I'm very excited about doing that. It's a very late term thing. Uh, I'm also looking to kind of develop some form of video editing um, course or something like that. It's been very heavily requested in the comments on my videos. And that's a very big example of the market is telling you something here. Um, so I'm, I'm looking to work on that as well. In the short term, I'm building out my Patreon account. I'm doing a lot more behind the scenes work on there because um, I want the Patreon. Whilst ad, ad revenue is amazing right now, but it's uh, also that thing of like, you never know, like the next month you may earn much less. Um, a video might get demonetized or so whatever it may be. Patreon is much more consistent. So I'm working a lot more on building that out in the short term. And um, and yeah, and then there's also a second channel idea that I have planned when I kind of begin to systemize and build out a team for the main channel. Ideally, we'd have like an actual kind of studio where we have writers, where we have um, people that help with the researching and eventually it will be a whole team working on these videos. Kind of like the um, channel Kurzgesa, I think you pronounce it. They do these really like animated videos. You've probably seen them. Um, they're really well animated videos, uh, just like scientific they're like a whole team of people work on it, but it would be amazing to have a channel main channel of that caliber and have the reputation of being like the Netflix of YouTube. And there's still a lot more with like, in terms of my video, like content, there's constantly, I'm going to be improving and there's still a lot more to go until I get to that point. Um, but, but yeah, th those, those are kind of like the general ideas of where I see things going. That's awesome. And, and speaking of Netflix, have you ever thought about using some of these as sort of a launch pad or like um, a pilot to sell to Netflix and like having a longer form series, sort of like the explain series and put that on Netflix rather than YouTube? You see, I, I've never done like I would never say no. And it would be amazing right. to do that. Um, the reason why I've almost got this this kind of uh, hesitation with it is more to do with the fact that um, and I remember seeing an interview of Logan Paul actually, um, where he talks about this and someone asked him, um, in regards to like, Oh, like, why don't you go on, go to Hollywood? Like a lot of your YouTube friends are doing that. And he said, um, paraphrasing here, but he'd be like, you know, that's a bit, it would be stupid to do that because YouTube has everything. It's got my brand. I have full control over the content. Everything is under my name. And I was like, yeah, like that makes complete sense. Yeah. And YouTube is really, it's the biggest competition to Netflix as well. Like YouTube is the net. And I think Logan Paul even said, I think he was like, YouTube is the next Hollywood. I mean, you're seeing big actors, big names come to YouTube now. And I still, I still think YouTube is in its very early stages. I don't think we've seen even the half of how big this thing can get. Um, like if you go to any kid, yeah, like I genuinely believe that if you go to any kid now, um, they're not on Netflix, they're on YouTube. Um, they're not watching the news there. They're not like, you know what I mean? They're on YouTube. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that, man. Like, I, I don't know how it's like over there in the UK for you, man, but like, fuck <laughs> man, in Canada, I'm sure it's the same. The news is the news, right? So yeah. I think there needs to be alternative forms of the news and the best way to get it is through YouTube and Twitter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. Like, I think you're doing a really good job of kind of like, it, it's not breaking news. Maybe like, maybe you'll go to Twitter for your breaking news, but like for the, some of the stuff going on in the world. But what I like about it is the fact that it's not news. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like you're never, and it's things you won't learn from like regular societies, what other people want to tell you. I mean, I will, I will be the first to admit that I've gone through conspiracy theory rabbit holes on, on <laughs> YouTube, right? Like how many times you've been Same. linked to this, of to course, that? Of course. And you need to, right? And sometimes you're like, okay, it's a little bit nutty, but sometimes you're like, hmm, maybe they're actually onto something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, a hundred percent. 
I totally agree, man. The internet is amazing for that. And YouTube definitely is that. So I hope it continues. I, I hope it keeps growing and I hope it just keeps fostering the the innovation and, and the creativity because you can get anything. That's the other cool thing about it is like, like the recommendations, right? You can be searching anything and maybe your video will come up and that's how you kind of grow the channel and people will learn about you. Then they can follow you. I also agree that you should be building out your own platform. So whether it's Patreon or whatever it is that you want to do, I do, I totally agree. It's like almost like a backup plan. Like YouTube is like the main thing. At least it's great for marketing, if anything. Uh, and then you can put on other videos on on a different platform, whether you host it on WordPress or whatever the web builder is, right? But having your own platform, I totally agree. So that's really cool. Yeah. And and I think usually for all the flack that they get um, from people, I think they've done an incredible job. Like their algorithm is, n- there's nothing that's this intricate on any social media platform that has allowed, like, look at me as an example, right? Like no, you know, from someone that had hundreds of viewers, no, like these subscribers, 99.9% of them didn't know you, you know, you yourself just didn't know who I was until the algorithm started pushing out. Yeah. Um, and really the algorithm, I think does do a great job of finding content that is good quality that people do want to watch. That's the, that's why it exists. It, it's meant to keep people on the channel, uh, on, on the site. Um, but it's also enabled people who are really creative, people who have got really great like content, um, to build a whole career from that. That's so incredible. And I'm very blessed. Like I'm, you know, I'm not, um, disillusioned to the fact that I'm very blessed to be in a position where I've had this in my life, uh, something like this, or just the internet as a whole. Um, that enabled me to do what I essentially I like to phrase it this way because it's really cool to phrase it this way which is monetize my imagination I love that I love that and that, that's that's amazing and I'm very blessed to have been in this position and I think YouTube has done an incredible job despite you know any kind of fact that they do sometimes get I think they've still done an amazing job at kind of bringing out people who do have amazing content and just pushing their stuff to people um, and letting them create a full-time career from it yeah, absolutely. So the other thing I actually wanted to bring up is, you know, I just like that idea of like monetizing your imagination. What I had noticed is in your videos, what I love about it is it is this educational nonfiction content. You're, you're, you're talking about real shit, but then you back it up with fictional video clips, which I fucking love because it's awesome. Like you're showing like Scarface, Inception, like all these awesome movies. I think that's another thing that totally drew me into because I'm, I'm definitely a film nut. Like I absolutely love film. I run a VR film company and our idea is literally exactly what what you're saying, man, monetizing uh, imagination. It's like, how do you now step inside some of these movies? So we can talk about that. I'd love to hear your your ideas on, on some of this. But dude, I, I love how you added those, those film and what was the idea for that? And also I know with like audio specifically, you get demonetized and like there's copyright claims. Have you had copyright claims using like the video clips? No, not for, not for video clips. Um, they're a okay. bit more because of uh, fair use laws. It's a bit more easier as long as you're not, you know, as long as there's some kind of alteration of the actual context and you gotcha. know, making it into a different, it's not just a re-upload of a, of a scene. Um, you're good. Okay, so if that's totally legal, then adding to your idea of that sort of repository of um, transitions and audio packs, what about fair use clips from film? Like that's because like, the way that you're able to get this, this video together, the way that you had the cinema quality was because you took clips from fucking cinema, dude. I'm not saying that you stole shit. No, 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 no. You put it together. You, you literally put it together, but you're able to source this thing like, hey, I need like a heist scene go to like you just search heist and inception pops up you know like like i think that would be such an innovation in like youtube and even like netflix like think about all these documentaries that go on netflix they need to find this content and if you can 
you know, find stuff that's both nonfiction and fiction, I think that would totally blow up. Because again, as you're right, it's fair use. I realize if it's under five seconds to or something like that, you can, it's, you can call it fair use. Um, yeah, I don't even think it's time limited. Either. Okay. I don't know if there is time limit on it. Um, it's a pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. I've seen a couple of videos on it, um, but uh, in terms of it, yeah. But I mean, um, on the case of like uh, using movie clips, initially I used it as because I was handicapped with my actual video editing skills uh, in the sense that I wasn't as advanced. And I think if you like, for example, my recent video, the Title One video, um, became much less like there were far less movie clips and it became very much more animated. Um, and I steered much more towards the Netflix style of editing. And I think what's going to happen with my channel is I actually don't want to rely on movie clips in the future. Right. Um, and I want it to have its own kind of style. And initially I used um, video editing. As I said, I use these movie clips because I wasn't as advanced with animation or any of that stuff. Um, so I had to use it as almost a handicap, but it has its advantages in the sense that, um, you know, it's people can recognize it. So as, as it builds this instant familiarity, it's like, oh, I recognize that scene as opposed to like a random stock footage with, you know, someone that looks very, very like a basic scene. Um, totally. And there's also like action and excitement. Then the cinematography is already in place because it is a movie. Um, so those things were definitely to my advantage. And uh, thankfully, because of fair use laws, I'm able to use those clips. Um but as the videos do progress, they will turn much more into, um, you know, animate animation style, Netflix style stuff where it's less movie clips, more real clips, more animation. Um, but still, you know, always keeping up with the storytelling aspect of it and, um, always creating this, uh, I, I think, I mean, on the, cause since we're talking about like fiction and not inside nonfiction, what I love to do is really create storytelling in my videos. Um, even in like the untold truth about money video where, it's there's not really a story like it's just talking about economics really um but i wanted to build a story from that and the character in that story was the audience and taking them down a particular journey and a particular narrative that i wanted to take them down um and that's what i try and do now with every single video even if it doesn't seem like there could be a story made from it um some a little more obvious than others um but i will always use storytelling because i think at the end of the day, like everyone loves, like everyone loves stories, right? It's hardwired into our human brains. Mm. Smart. I mean, it makes sense. And that's how you can follow it. Otherwise it kind of, I mean, that's why I also do like stuff like this podcast where it's almost the opposite of storytelling, although you can tell stories within it, but we can just go compl- on crazy different branches, right? Which is what I love about speaking. But then I could have formed this where like, you know, we, I interview, I talk to you and then I chop it up and make a story. I could do that. And that's totally, totally logical. And I love how, that's how you do it with video. And it makes sense that you would use like film clips. I don't think you should stop to be honest, man, because like it gives it that extra bit of storytelling and a little bit of that edge, a little bit more of that, like, you know, like this is a story. And then, like you said, the instant familiarity of like seeing characters and actors that, you know, I don't think that it's, totally bad to like use it at all in fact i think it's amazing i think that's kind of like you also have to look back and be like okay what is what is the uniqueness of these videos and for me it's like i haven't really seen that i haven't seen a lot of people use those clips um in such a way that you did in a really really like not even just creative way but like something that also makes logical sense like you're looking what you're talking about plays out on screen but then it's something from you know again imagination from people who have created completely imaginary scenarios in their head stuff that would not happen in reality and that's i I love that Uh, you, you almost need to take that because you know 
I mean, they do say truth is stranger than fiction, but sometimes you need to take that fiction to make uh, the truth a little bit more tangible, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. I'm definitely going to see how it plays out. There is actually another channel, um, a guy called Jake Tran, who does these movie clips. He, he solely does movie clips on his, and he's in the entrepreneurship niche. Um, and I'd seen this stuff before I even started the channel, and it was partially an inspiration for me because I was like, okay, cool, I can use this kind of format to start talking about these stories and creating these highly produced videos. Um, but I guess it's it's the, the way I look at it in the in like a more um, like vision wise, I would love to have videos on the same type of editing as a guy called Lamino, for example. Um, if you've ever heard of Lamino, um, he is like an incredible like YouTuber that does these really like genuinely very high like very well produced um, videos on YouTube. It just sucks because I don't know if he has a team or anything. So he takes a really long while to, to create videos. Um, but to be on like that level or just like the level of like for example. I mean, I know this is this is kind of not a great example, but like Tiger King on Netflix. Um, yeah. Oh, even yeah. though that's like, you know, people actually had like, they had a crew that were filming stuff, but there's this cool stuff when the editing goes to like pictures and goes to news clippings. Um, that style of editing is so fun. And Netflix does this a lot with their documentaries. Um, that kind of thing is what I really want to develop. But we'll see. I mean, it's a slow transition that I'm experimenting with. Um, but yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean because it does feel like, oh, I'm losing that element of, of bringing in familiarity. It's just an ingredient, right? Like you, I think, again, I just read this. This is why this is going to my mind. I just read this um, article. I'll send it to you um, right after this and I'll post in the links. It's called, um, I think it's called The Cook and the Chef. What makes Elon Musk different? I know that you want to make a video on Elon Musk. Yeah, so you yeah, need yeah. Fuck- Have you read Wait But Why? Have you heard of Wait But Why? Uh, that sounds really familiar. So I this guy, I have yeah, look it up. So wait, but why Tim Urban, he has this blog where he kind of does the same thing that you do with videos, but for blogs where he only puts out maybe one blog a month or something like that. And they're like, they're the length of fucking books, man. These blog posts are basically like books. So it's like the equivalent of taking like, you know, YouTube video, making it film. He does it for blogs and he did a whole series on Elon Musk. And he talks about the beginning of him talking to Elon Musk then he talks about his companies with uh, SpaceX and um, Tesla. And I think he created one with Neuralink. But then there's an extra, if you, if you, if you see it, you'll see it all the all the blogs linked to it. And then the very last video, or sorry, the very last blog post is literally called The Cook and the Chef, What Makes Elon Musk Different? And he talks to, about how you can also be different. So I think like, if you're planning on making this video, man, you have to have some kind of value proposition of like, you like Elon Musk, here's how you can also be like him. And I think the blog post did a great job at doing that. But then to bring it all together, it's like this idea of the cook and the chef where like, I brought this up before, man, like right now you're sort of like the cook because you couldn't edit. So you're like, hey, I'm going to take like these awesomely produced videos and these video clips that are like high art I'm going to put them all together. But then now you want to become the chef. You're like, fuck that. I want to film my own shit. I want to make it from the very beginning, like the actual imagination, not just take bits and pieces from everyone else and take these ingredients, then make, make your salad. You want to actually grow your own fucking uh, tomatoes and lettuce and stuff. Right. So I think that's also really cool. And that's definitely um, takes it to the next level, you know, when you become the chef rather than the cook. But yes, dude, if you're doing an Elon Musk video, dive into these, it is amazing. Those fucking blog posts are incredible. Thank you, man. I'm seeing it now. Yeah. I'm literally seeing it now. Yeah, no, this looks amazing. I'm going to use, definitely use this as a resource because I'm going to be doing a full Elon kind of documentary um, soon. I think it'll be in two videos time. Um, it's been very highly requested on my channel and my pages. So yeah, 
Thank you, man. Of course, man. He's like a living icon. It's dope. So actually, okay, this is a really good, um, really good time for me to bring this up then. So I just saw on Instagram, you posted like sort of your process of how you make the videos. And now you're in research stage for some of these videos. And you just said, hey, I want to use this as a resource. So I want to know, man, when you're in your research phase, how do you save all these stuff? Because you're watching videos, you're watching news clips, you're going through these webinars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you save it all? And how do you use that for the video? And how do you write your notes and everything? I want to know that process. Dude. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, it's a still... So obviously, this process has developed over time. Um, I mean, when I started, there was no research. It was just, let me talk about what I know. There was like a very little bit. Um, and I just bullet point it. Now, the, the, the way it works is I have, when I start with research, I go through um, a, a kind of mind splatter phase, is what I call it. Uh, it's essentially where I get all these um, resources. So I will, for example, in this new video, it's about MLMs. So I will go search on YouTube for MLMs. I'll go search on Reddit for MLMs. I'll go find articles on MLMs. I'll go through um, all these various MLM resources and I'll create a Word document literally with a dump of all these resources um, and the links to them with just a title of what they are. And I'll categorize, categorize them as articles, YouTube videos, Reddit posts, stories, etc., etc. Um, what app do you use for all that? This is just Word, like literally on Word doc. Um, Word doc? Like, yeah, literally just a Word document. Um, I mean, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest look up. There's two, two apps. Look up Notion and look up Rome Research. I think maybe for what you're doing, Rome, R-O-A-M might work a little bit better um, because you can like, but Notion is my favorite. I use it for fucking literally everything. I've heard a lot about Notion. Notion, man, because like you can create pages, you can link each pages. I feel like you would you would um, benefit a lot from that. So either that or Rome. I know a lot of people are doing are really into Rome right now. It has like a cult following, and a lot of people <laughs> are using it. And I, I haven't tried it. I don't really know the hype yet. But people are saying it's something that you can't really describe until you start using it. The way you can like link different articles and different pages. So maybe for your research purposes, it might make more sense a notion but notion is a close second if not the one of those two would be awesome and i'm really interested in the, these like actual tools of like how you can actually put these things together and, and you know supercharge your work you know it's like we can use these tools as steve jobs said it's the computers are like a bicycle for your mind it's like yeah you can write down all the shit but it takes so long what if you had these supercharged tools how much better could your work be obviously not to like put too much focus on the tools and, and on the process, but I'm really interested in that. So, so go on, go on. No, you, yeah, you go no, through the mind you. splatter. You go through the mind splatter phase. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I always phase, do this. Yeah. I always be like, Hey, have you tried this? Because maybe you haven't, and I want you to learn something out of this just as much as anyone listening. Oh yeah, no, I really, thank you. I was really wanting to use notion as well. Um, so I guess it's just a, you know, kicking the ass to get actually done. Um, cause everyone's been talking about it. So yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, in, in the, in the mind splatter phase, uh, I have all these resources written down. Then I start writing questions, um, that I'm interested in getting answered. So it would be something, for example, with the MLM, MLM video, it's going to be, um, you know, how did it all start? What's the history behind MLMs? Um, why do people get into them in the first place? Then I want to, you know, I sort of uh, go into question of what differentiates pyramid scheme, like a legal pyramid scheme from an illegal pyramid scheme. Um, then I also even go into like cults cause I know about, you know, MLMs have that cult like uh, reputation around them. So, you know, write down the question of what makes a cult uh, what are the features of a cult i get all these questions out and then as i go through all these um you know res uh, research uh, sources and just start like pretty much diving right into it and immersing myself in all of this stuff um i will first pay attention to the questions that i've asked and look at stuff that answers those questions but also start to point out different themes that start appearing and different uh, extra stuff to look into 
that keeps on like patterns is really what I'm looking for. Um, and as I start to see these themes recurring and as I start answering the questions and sometimes I add on even more questions that a video might give me, um, what begins to form from it is a narrative I've always found. Um, like there's a very clear sense of a narrative or at least like I can form a narrative from all the themes that are appearing, um, from all the questions that I've answered and I can go, okay, now we can move on to structuring this thing um, and structuring the data and the, you know, the research uh, information I've gotten into a stage of like, okay, the video is going to start off like this, where we're going to explore these uh, particular themes that I've found in the video and also answering these questions. Um, and the kind of narrative will be, okay, the audience is going to be my character in this. We're first going to take them through the pitch of an MLM. Then we're going to take them through what it's like working inside an MLM. And then the kind of unearthing it all and revealing what's, you know, what's going on, how much money people are really making, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it builds this to its own story. Um, but yeah, that's kind of skipped ahead there into beyond the research phase. But that is pretty much where the research phase goes. Um, then the structuring it, then I've got this little structure to what I want to do. Then I go into writing. Um, so it's literally, I'll spend maybe, depending on how long the video I can tell is going to be, how much research has gone into it. It can be like from one to four, five days of just writing um, the script for it. And that's all about, you know, really digging into the story that I'm telling, but also getting in some of the facts that I've gone in, making educational, making it entertainment, entertaining, um, getting a clear idea of what the themes are that the video explores and having that in the script. Once the script is done, I, know I may go over like a few drafts of it, um, then it's time to film, which is pretty self-explanatory. I just get out the camera, um, although I really need a new backdrop for my videos because right now I just do them in my bedroom. Um, so I'm kind of working yeah, on Yeah, I've on noticed the, that. Have you seen anyone like comment on that? Yeah, there's been a few. I think, I mean, nothing crazy. They've just been like, hey, dude, you should look into investing in like a, a better backdrop or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, man, I know. Like, <laughs> if it was up to me, the channel would blow up way too quick for me yeah. to keep up with this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I'm definitely. But looking. it's good. It's like people are, it's like people are expecting even more. It's like, it's like, it's awesome. That's a good thing to hear. Though. You're like, yeah, I'm, and stuff obviously you know. You're like, but I have to start somewhere. So that's what I really love about the videos and what you're doing. It's like, you have to start somewhere. And you could have just done voiceover and you could have done just audio but you chose to put yourself in the videos yeah, and again that yeah. brings in the acting part of it that brings in the personality because it's under your channel your name we're getting to know you you're the one telling you're the storyteller mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. what i love and it doesn't really matter where the fuck you are <laughs> i mean you could go outside in like i don't know then the forest or something and make it super creepy when you talk about cults i don't know like when you go into each thing you can go to different locations why be in a studio why not go to these different locations interesting you know? interesting did you ever watch um i don't know if you've seen it was on netflix it was called how we got to now no i didn't and it, i can't remember the guy's name okay look it up how we got to now series um man it's so fucking good like the way he i can't remember the guy's name now if you look it up on Google there, I'm not, I don't have my, uh, my thing open there, but if, yeah, it's awesome how he, he actually travels around the world and the, 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 the team will actually record him against the backdrop of whatever he's talking about. Like if he's talking about like, you know, islands or whatever, he actually goes there. If he's talking about pools, he's like at a pool, you know, and this is the other thing that's blowing my mind. Have you heard of virtual production? No, I haven't. Holy shit, dude. Look up on unreal engine virtual production. It's the idea that you can have a green screen studio, so you don't have to physically travel anywhere. Uh -huh. And now what you can do is in real time, you can change that backdrop into whatever, whatever you want it to be. Like think of any 3D modeling software, people can literally create in a video game engine, Unreal Engine, and they can literally create an entirely new scenario for you. Wow. 
And I'm really, really interested in that right now. That's kind of what I've been delving into uh, during quarantine. So with this Unreal Engine, it's essentially using a video game engine to create these realistic 3D worlds. And then now you can tap in a camera into that scene. So if you're up against a green screen, you could be put into these locations. Wow. I'm looking at this now, yeah. It's wow. wild. It's wild. So like, it's almost like you don't even need to travel around now. It's like you just need the artist. I can see your brain turning on this, but it totally just blew my mind when I saw it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, that's what the studio should be. Like these, you know, we're talking about work at home and like virtualizing stuff. Obviously shoot on, on set whenever you can, but I think like this is also a really cool production method. Yeah, damn. That is crazy. Yeah, man. It's so exciting, man. It's so exciting. There's so many things going on. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, how we got to know it if I'm just writing this stuff down on a virtual Yeah. Yeah. How we got to now is a really cool, just like, again, case study of like how they, how they set it up. And it's all, it's all, um, factual stuff. They're actually talking about like, how did glass come to be? How did, how did time, he has one about how did time come about? Like time is a human invention, which is fucked up to me. Like, but like, cause we don't think about it normally, <laughs> yeah. but we're like, yeah, wait, time doesn't exist for any other animal on this planet except for humans. What the fuck? So interesting. Do you have any uh, like favorite documentaries on Netflix or anything like that? Not that I can not, not that I can remember right now. Like the last couple things that really, really uh, struck my my chord, so to speak, was actually Tiger King. It was such a good documentary. It really was, right? It was awesome. And then obviously the the explained the Vox explained videos, amazing. Those are incredible. Um, high highly produced, high quality, really good stuff. Have you seen um, um, Fire Festival? Yes, yes. The Fire Duck was awesome too. Yeah, it's the same guys that did um, Tiger King, right? Yes, yeah. They, these guys do really good. They do a really good job. Like they're documenting. They they know how to pick a really intriguing subject, and that's kind of what I wanted to do with my videos as well. As it progresses, is picking these really just this intrigue, like almost surreal, like stranger than like real life, like like fic, fic, uh, nonfiction that's stranger than fiction. Um, type of stuff, hundred um, percent. Which is what Tiger King really was. That was such an insane, and the whole Fire Festival. It was, I've literally rewatched that documentary so many times um, because it's just like there's something so uh, satisfying that you know you're about to watch like a whole roller coaster, just like just about to explode. Um, and there's just something about that documentary that just really builds that narrative. Again, it's narrative storytelling that just really captivates you. Um, and it's all, it's America, man. All this shit. I think a lot of your videos, it's just America. It's just, it's everyone just deconstructing America while America falls apart. Oh my God. That is, yeah. <laughs> so I feel way too close to the border right now to be saying this, but I'm going to, someone has to say it. That place is a shit show. So like, I mean, Oh, that's, that's another thing on Netflix. There is, a history 101 i haven't delved into it just yet i've watched a couple episodes history 101 and then there's another one like the i think it's like the history of the united states so it's a lot of these things i think it's like mostly is the united states it seems like mlms probably i don't know i don't i didn't do the research but it seems like that's an american thing to do the fake gurus is really american i haven't seen or i haven't at least gotten ads from anyone it's big in America. yeah i've had it i've had a lot of people reach out to me um india it affects a lot mlms as well mlms are like literally i think they have a lot of um a lot of their companies are based in 
um, like for example, like things like Herbalife, Amway, they they expand oh, yeah. to all these other countries because obviously, if you in, in a pyramid scheme sense that you have to expand to other markets, otherwise the whole thing collapses. But um, uh, there's a lot of and the fake guru stuff is very prominent in other countries. It's literally copy and paste like a Tyler Lopez ad, but they do speak in German. So <laughs> yeah, we're forgetting so, they are getting those ads in Germany. <laughs> like yeah, he's yeah. putting it all around the world. But it's crazy how these fuckers start. It's so weird, man. So, like, I, I, I do want to get back to the fake guru thing, because that's the one thing that really fascinates me right now. ML, MLM as well, because that's sort of like a branch of that. But I feel like you're just touching on something deeper. And I think one of the reasons why it resonates with so many people, myself included, it's just like you're calling out people's bullshit. You're just being real. You're being honest. You're being truthful where everyone else is fucking fake. They're telling lies to try to make money, anything to make money. And like... We talked about it. Yes, um, consulting.com, Sam Ovens, he does teach some good stuff. But even if you look at his Glassdoor reviews from like employees and stuff, they talk about greed. It's all about greed. Like they only care about money. Like they will do whatever it takes to extract people's credit card numbers over the phone. And then that's what they're teaching all of their students. And then it's a fucking wave. It's just like exponentially exploding of more people with the exact same mindset. That's just like so toxic. Yeah, uh, what entrepreneurship is, and what like, and I'm saying this is someone who came in during this like <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. This new age entrepreneurship of like totally. where it's it's kind of we're in the influencer age of it's been this romanticized concept now of um, it's about you know working on the beach and it's about having that financial freedom and making money while you sleep. These buzzwords and buzz phrases um, because that's how I was introduced to it. Um, it is very toxic. Um, right, but that's business versus entrepreneurship. We we're just talking about like Elon Musk. Like there's something real and tangible. Yes, he has that business mind, but there's something different between like the business person and an entrepreneur. Like what do you think it is that's like different? Like these fake gurus that are like businessmen. Yeah, they're making money, but they're not an entrepreneur. What, what is that distinction? It's it's the idea of, of what value they're actually bringing to the market. That's the big thing here. Um, because you can make a lot of money from bringing in uh, a, a false value like a, a, like mj calls it like you know it's this the perceived value doesn't match the actual value um, and that's i guess what you call a scam if 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 those two things are skewed way too um way too in the favor of perceived value and the actual value is very low and i think a lot of these you know gurus whilst the courses and again i have nothing wrong with courses um it's not to do with that it's to do with how it's marketed is they'll skew the value the perceived value of these courses to such a degree where they can charge these extremely high prices but then when you hop in the course and it's like the actual value is you could probably have bought this like a hundred quid, 200 quid, if even that. Um, and like, and, 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 and to call it a scam is too harsh of a, of a criticism because you're, I guess it's not, not the best way of, of phrasing it. I know exactly. I mean, it's not exactly a scam because they are giving you something. It'd be a scam if they just took your money and then just vanished. And then that URL fucking <laughs> redirected or something. Yeah. But, but you're right. It's the perceived value. It's like, is it really worth $5,000 for this thing? Is it really? And I think the, the, the point, at least what MJ DeMarco's books kind of laid into me was the idea that, you know, entrepreneurship is about solving an actual problem in the market um, or just actually providing the, the actual value. Uh, right. Because those are two different distinctions, right? Because yeah. if you're YouTube, you're getting paid for your value. Maybe, maybe you are sol solving a problem. People maybe have the problem like, oh, should I pay for this like course? They watch your video like, fuck, no, I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So you are solving a problem for them. But and maybe it's like education. But I think you're right. It's like that value. Like you have to give something almost as like 10 times more or at least feel like you're giving something 10 times more than the actual money you're taking in. Right. 
Yeah. Um, Something like that. And, and, and there's this other, I mean, this is a whole other subject you can talk about in terms of like marketing and, and the actual quality of a product. So, and MJ goes a lot into that. I, mean, I feel like I'm saying MJ goes a lot into this all the yeah. time as well, but, um, but it's so true. It's like, uh, you want to have a product that's good enough so that if you just like market it a bit, um, people are so, they love the product so much that it's word of mouth that can literally like build up your business just like that. Um, and there's this thing with these these internet marketers. If they stop running their webinars, if they stop running their running their, their you know their in, their YouTube ads, dude, no one's gonna be like going to their neighbors and saying, oh, like I'm gonna, you know, I, I, you should check out Tyler's course. It was so amazing. Um, like, or at least I really don't think people would. If, for example, um, Ty Lopez or, I mean, we don't even have to use Ty Lopez, just any of these business gurus, like the ones that are specifically making a lot of their money from, and you can even use the low key guys that no one's really heard of. They're still doing this on the ads or on Instagram everywhere. If they stopped advertising, no one's really going to be going to other people and being like, oh my God, look at, like, look at their product. It's so good. They don't have that effect. They have to kind of reach out and grab people and pull them into that product. Yeah, dude, that's, that's a really good distinction too. Cause like, I like the first thing that comes to my mind that's on the opposite end of that spectrum is Tesla. They've never spent a dime on advertising. Mm. <laughs> it's a great product. I mean, they're selling a car. I mean, it's more than a car, but I know exactly what you're saying. They have to convince you. If they have to convince you, you have to get on a phone call and you have to be on a phone call for an hour and they have to convince you. And then you're not very sure. That's probably like a red flag. Number one right there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And I think even like in experience, like anyone that's kind of, they've, um, they've kind of giving you a word of mouth recommendation, you immediately trust it way more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we we do much more program now, so just not really trust advertising. There's a really good video actually by Graham. St- I don't know if you, you, do you watch Graham Stephen or heard of him? Graham Stephen? Yeah, he's like a f- personal finance um, YouTuber. Dora is um, literally the the video I'm talking about. He had a video which is um, I I bought a Lamborghini for a YouTube ad. I saw this the other day. A friend of mine recommended me watch it. Very interesting experiment that he did, which is he has like a real estate course, um, and uh, he he ran an ad with a Lamborghini in the background. He ran a YouTube ad without the Lamborghini, and he just ran a simple Instagram story promoting the the course. And what he noticed was the Lamborghini ad did much like did less than um, like had less sales than the one without the Lamborghini and the Instagram story had exponentially higher sales than both of those things. And he didn't, you know, obviously didn't pay anything for his Instagram story. Um, Now the argument can be made like, Oh, it's your Instagram story. They're warm, but he was also targeting uh, the same audience. Like for his ads, he was targeting subscribers that were already warm to him. Um, But it's this thing of now, like we're much less programmed to like trust advertisements. And now we're very much heavy on the word of mouth. And if you can create a product or a service or something, even like with the videos, like I had so many people like sharing my videos on Instagram, sharing my videos on Facebook, um, the people who have come to me who have said like, oh, someone shared, like you said, there was a, there was a, uh, well, okay, that was the algorithm in your example. But um, yeah, I've had so many people sharing. I think it was a great example of this idea that, you know, I'm not spending money on ads for my channel to go crazy. Uh, in a way you can say the algorithm is like an ad, but the algorithm is focusing on finding, <laughs> I guess, the products that are right um, to be pushing out um and a lot of these gurus it's like they stop advertising that's it they're really just marketers like they are internet marketers yep they are internet marketers that is so true and they just need something to sell and the easiest thing to create from nothing is just a course on something and then you just sell it but i do also want to say okay because at the very beginning of this 
I did say that my brother is like balls deep in like a few <laughs> of these things, dude. He's like so sold on Dan Locke and um, uh, what was the other one? It was consulting.com with Sam Ovens, I believe. He did a bunch of other ones. And my brother and I have talked about this. Again, I'm not saying anything bad about the guy. He's great. He's a, a fantastic marketer. That's exactly what he, is. he calls himself. He knows he's an internet marketer, but he has dreams for something much bigger. Like this is like his stepping stone to something bigger. And it's a way for him to make a lot of money real quick. Like again, maybe if you're using some of the same tactics, maybe it's not the best way to do it. Like I personally wouldn't do it this way. Um, and I'm sure you now knowing what you know, you probably wouldn't <laughs> do it. You wouldn't, no. you know, otherwise you're just a hypocrite. But I digress. The whole point is like my brother was quote unquote hooked and lured into this on the world of entrepreneurship from that Ty Lopez here in my garage ad on YouTube. And then from there, my brother learned about like click funnels and like Russell Brunson. And then he went down this rabbit hole. So like, I, for all the bad rap that like some of this shady stuff gets, it does hook people into like a better mindset. Cause eventually if they're smart, if they're smart and they have a good community around them, they'll sort of start to question whether some of these things that these uh, gurus are talking about is legit. And then they'll go down their own rabbit hole and start learning about finances. Like my brother told me about MJ DeMarco with the uh, millionaire fast lane. And he reads all these incredible books and like, before he was doing all this, he was just selling drugs, man. Like, that's, mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. mind you, maybe he is now digitally, but whatever. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, but yeah, that's exactly it. Like he, he, you know, you need that Lamborghini to lure in a 19 year old. Otherwise, if you're going to be like, Hey, learn about finance and like mm. giving people value, like you're 19, all you care about is yourself and you want Lamborghinis and boobs. That's all you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I, for all the bad rap, I love how you like the way that you framed it because yeah, knowing what you know now, it's kind of like, yeah, there is sort of an evilness to it. Like they're building cults. Like they're basically a cult leader and they're luring people in. But if you see it from the perspective, like they're like the starting point, you know, they're the door that opens to like a better world. I like to think I'm, I'm also like a heavy optimist. So that's maybe my thought on it. What do you, what do you think? Um, it's a very good point. Um, and it's almost this tough thing. Uh, yes, it can, it's definitely a starting point. It was my starting point as well. Like, you know, I, I, I echo that similar story and eventually I kind of moved away from into war entrepreneurship. I think it really is. But part of me questions how many people don't transition. Um, and like, we will never know. We'll never have an exact answer to that question. Um, but a part of me does wonder how many people just now have become so focused on this, the new age entrepreneurship, which is thanks to these ads that have made them think it's about the Lamborghini or, you know, think it's about getting the girls um, or that it's about catching a new trend or this particular business model that's, you know, just a fad and it's, you're just focusing on the money. Um and I'm interested in knowing the damage. That, and I'm, I'm optimistic as well. This is a pessimistic way yeah. of looking at it. And I don't like looking at it this way, but I'm also interested in knowing how many people that this has probably done a lot more harm in the long run and wasted a lot more years than they could have just picked up. Like, I think there's a way of, there is a way of ethical, ethically marketing this and, and creating something like, it's such a difficult topic. It's so difficult. Yeah, totally. Um, Here, here's a really good example. Look this up on your end. I'll put it in the link. Look up Mind Valley. Mind yes, Valley by this guy. Have Mind you heard Valley. of it? I've heard uh, of Mind Valley. Yeah, yes. Vish, Vishen Lakiani. Yes. Yeah. Let's Again, he does. After you get deeper into it, he definitely has that cult like following. He runs these webinars, but he doesn't do it in a weird, slimy way. He does it pretty authentically. And then when you're like 
when you're going through his webinars and his courses, you're like, hey, this is actually legit. I just read his book, The Buddha and the Badass. Man, I highly recommend that. I think one of the things lacking in in entrepreneurship and business is this spiritual aspect of it. It's exactly what you're talking about. And I think this book actually just kind of puts into words what I've been thinking. It's kind of like exactly what we've been saying. People think it's about the Lamborghini, the money, and just like building a business for the sake of a business. But it's like, you have to look deeper. Like what is your actual, you know, what is your reason for being here on earth? Like, like we said, the universe sort of like pushes people into a certain direction. You know, the universe brought you onto this plane of existence for a reason. And what are you doing with that? Are you going to waste 30 years, 20 years, even 10 years, just like selling random shit online? Or are you going to do something that actually pushes humanity forward? Like with these fake gurus, would the world be better or worse without them? Like, just think about it. Like if there was no Sam Ovens, there's no Ty Lopez, 10 years down the line, or not even 10 years, a year from now, they don't exist. Does the world really matter? Like, does it really matter to the world, to the people that were in these courses? And I think, honestly, the answer is maybe it does for some people. Mm, yeah, some people some, needed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But on like your, what you're saying is as a whole, what is that net value? Is it net positive or net negative? Like, we can definitely say, yeah, um, you know, the, the cigarette and smoking industry, fucking net negative, you know? Um, could you say the same thing with video games? I don't know. Like there's these things that kind of teeter, you know, they teeter along that line. Video games, great. They connect people through like, you know, it's technically a new social media now with people playing Fortnite, but then video game addiction is that bad. It's like, fuck man, like morality. I think that's what you're really bringing into the the subject, morality into business. And that, that is not fucking taught at all in business school from someone who studied business at a university, man, that shit was not fucking studied in fact i had a professor that literally said greed is good and was yelling at us saying that because i'm like what man dude what the fuck yeah yeah interesting it's the morality right it's the ethics and morality that need to be put into play like is yeah. what you're doing net negative or net positive like just ask that fucking question you know i yeah i 100 agree 100 agree um it's such a, it's a really interesting subject it's partly why i, I also elon's philosophy i think is is just an entrepreneur as a figure he's been very much focused on how can we push humanity forward i guess there was always this kind of plateau we've hit in the last like decade um where it's just the the new innovations there has been no new innovations it's been like the same iphone released the same um you know it's just a new social media platform there's been like no real advancement in in like as as people as humans um which is where people like elon musk i guess are really really huge and people like elon are a good example of um of you know an entrepreneur that's kind of yeah he's, he's he's focusing more on of course the guy's going to make a lot of money um, but there's nothing wrong with that if he's providing value and you know he's he's doing these electric cars he's trying to get people you know uh, spacex's main goal i guess is to kind of colonize mars get people from earth to mars or in space um there's like some form of bigger picture um the only issue here is i think a lot of this stuff is sometimes People will hear this and they think that in order for them to do be successful in business um, is to make the next Facebook, make the next Tesla, make the next SpaceX. Um, and I think that's really, when you're starting out, that's not how you should be viewing it. It should always come from just how can I solve a problem? Any kind of problem. The problem could literally be just like skewing the value of a particular, if a business, for example, if a company has really terrible customer support, you can replicate the entire business, but just make the customer support so much more better and you've got a business. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good way to to think about it. And I think then you can move on from there once you still once you start raising the capital from an original business and you start doing really well there. Depending on what your goals are, because um, either way, in most cases, people that do make do well in business, they've created somewhat of a business that has produced value to society. Um, in most cases, like there are exceptions, of course, um, but I think in most businesses they've produced some kind of value. And so, um, even if your goal isn't to predict to be the next Elon Musk or to create the next big innovating thing that moves humanity forward. Um, like you can still perfectly achieve, like you can get that successful business without having to do the next big thing. Um, so I, yeah, I guess I'm just saying this is a preface, a preface because, uh, seeing like when I initially started out one big myth that I was obsessed with was the idea of like innovating, um, or just creating something wholly new to the market that no one's ever seen before, which is really tough. There's a lot of people in the world, a lot of very <laughs> smart people. Yeah, chances of you ever coming up with an original idea. Like my finance platform thing was plenty of competition. It's just the competition I saw where they didn't have really nice sites. They looked a bit too alienating. Uh, I mean, I still think that's a good business idea. If someone's like watching this and wants to steal it, you can uh, feel free to. Um, <laughs> it's just I never, I never, you know, once the channel blew up, it was, I felt much more at home to what I all my other skills and yeah, um, there was the market feedback of the likes and the comments, etc. No, man, that's a really good way to, to think about it. Because again, I, I'll bring up that blog post of like the chef versus the cook. What these fake gurus are basically doing is they're creating a cookbook and telling people, read the cookbook and make the thing. Just do what I say. Don't think about it. Don't question it. Just do it. If anyone tells you to do something without questioning it, i.e. at school, wherever you you fucking run the other way right you're like what the hell mm. if they, a lot of people don't they just oh you're telling me what to do yes i do i i will do it whereas when you become the chef like you're saying it doesn't mean that you have to create something wholly new like you have to look at like the i, I kind of want to say it like the ingredients what are the ingredients of your business if you're running a technology business there are certain ingredients that you're going to use there. Whereas if you're doing a real estate business, it might be different ingredients, right? But what you can do, like you said, to create a whole new business, you can take the raw ingredients, whatever business it is, and then tack on really, really good customer service. You have That's innovating in its own way. It doesn't have to be completely new, right? You can take bits and pieces of each little business, put it together, and it's something brand new. And now you also have to look at what are the new ingredients that are coming out into the world? Well, if you're running a technology uh, platform, I'm sorry, James, but fucking WordPress is a piece of shit. (laughs) And you probably probably know that by using it. So So then someone came up with a business and that one is called Webflow. That's what I use for everything. And this is not sponsored. I wish I could put a sponsored <laughs> plug. This would have been the best sponsored plug. Webflow, please, please pay me for this. This would have been amazing. Webflow. Okay, I'm seeing this. I think I've heard of Webflow. Is it a similar deal to WordPress? Or how does this work? Uh, it's amazing. I, I fucking love it so much. Uh, and it's my platform of choice for anything web related. So I do a lot of dabbling with like web platforms and stuff sort of on the side. Um, so... Anytime I have an idea, I can just go and go into Webflow and start building it out visually. And like whatever I have in my imagination, I can kind of just build it out. The next revolution is going to be in something called no code. And man, I would love for you to do a video on no code. That would be so cool to really explain no code, dude. It's like this man, it's this whole under man. If you want to catch a wave, fucking no code right now, dude. Webflow is is paving the way. Zapier, Z, uh, Z. 
A-P-I-E-R, Integromat, this company called Bubble. There's all these software companies that are sort of building what they call the scaffolding or the pipeline for building technology startups. And bringing this into the millionaire fast lane, since you've read it, I know that you know it deeply. It's like what MJ is talking about is building out these platforms, building out you know technology companies that you can scale really quickly. I mean, you can do the same thing with YouTube, but it's like the idea of the fast lane. And now I think what will happen is there's going to be a whole new wave of people creating new types of platforms using these services. So it's like taking the raw ingredients. For me, it could be in, you know, Webflow for the front end, Zapier to connect it all, and then this thing called Airtable for the back end, which is kind of just like Excel spreadsheets. It's like kind of a, um, like a database. And you take these raw ingredients and then being the chef, like, hey, I want to create this awesome thing. And it's a, I'm going to, pull this out of my asshole right now. It's a marketplace to find YouTubers who, I don't know, YouTubers who will help you make your video. They'll help you script right. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you could recreate OnlyFans and people can pay you to see your nipples. I don't care. <laughs> I literally Whatever don't care what it is. But you can, now there's these tools that you can do it so easily. You don't need to know how to code. You don't have to kill yourself to learn how to code because a lot of people, they just are not coders. And you could spend five years learning it and then build your thing. Or you can like, start off and just kind of use web skills, kind of like using Facebook or using these apps, create your thing that you want. And once it starts scaling, boom, then hire developers to make it legit for you. I think it's such a cool movement, man. I highly, highly recommend. As I, I'm looking at it now, actually, it's just, yeah, that's insane. I guess it's the idea world. is, yeah, so it's just stop, like you don't have to code anymore. <laughs> yes, that is insane. Yeah, it's like, you know, whatever idea you have, you kind of just like bring it into existence without having to write the underlying tech because a lot of that stuff's already made. It's like nowadays, like, yeah, you could build a car from scratch or you can take like the body of a car, get really awesome wheels, get awesome tires, get an awesome hubcap, put those things together. It's like, I I understand where for me too, it's kind of like at some point you're going to want to go deeper. So I think it's a good starting point to start off a business. Like think Mm. of Apple. People don't realize this, but Apple for the longest time, when you were using their iPhone, it wasn't an Apple screen. You're actually using a fucking Samsung st- screen. <laughs> and then all, most of the internal parts came from Intel. It came from Samsung. So the same shit that's in your Samsung phone, they put into iPhones. It wasn't until, or it actually isn't going to be until this year, that Apple started actually putting in their own chips. Apple's now creating their own underlying technology. And how long has it been? They're almost a, they're over a trillion dollar company now. But up until now they've been using other people's stuff to put it together. Like, why not? That makes so much sense to me. That's a better, like, uni- like unifying kind of dream of, of business. Is it not? Like, hey, I, like, you offer something. You also offer something that can connect. I can connect the two. And now I have something new. Like, that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. We're in interesting times, man. We're in very interesting times, I think. Um, it's just so interesting to see how things have, and it's good as well that like there's these developments because as I said, that it felt like there was a plateau where things just weren't advancing, um, and it's great to now see like the development of things like this. Yeah, I think yeah, there's just so many things. That, yeah, it, it just makes me so interested to see what things are gonna like. Let's even if we look back, right? Like let's say 15 years ago, for example. Um, I don't think like YouTube, I don't think was around. It was 2005. Like YouTube wasn't really what it is now. There were no, there was no Instagram, um, like social media platforms, like things that really shape the kind of culture that we have right now. And just internet culture in general, um, or just so many things that we use in our day-to-day lives. They weren't really around like just 15 years ago. And it's now imagine in the next 15 years where that can go and the next 15 years after that. And it's just really interesting to kind of 
Yeah, I'm, I'm very. It's very exciting. I think is the right word for it. Very exciting. It's a very exciting world, man, and and I'm very excited for the future. Um, another book that I can highly recommend, based on that, if you're interested, is called "The Future Is Faster Than You Think." And Ooh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! It's based off a trilogy. So if you're kind of interested in sort of the, te- the technology side of like business, Bold was the first one I read, B O L D, and that was from the same authors from Stephen Kotler and Peter Diamandes. But this new book. Um, is about these exponential technologies that we're talking about. And then what happens when they start converging? You know, like what happens when like virtual reality starts converging with AI and all these other things? It's like, that's when shit happens, man. Like that's, and it, we, come, we, we start going into the science fiction future. The future that we all want, minus all of like, you know, obviously the dystopian side, but like we know what, as humans what we want. Like we don't want to be dystopian and we want all the future technology and we want life to be better. We want to be able to travel to Mars. But would you want to be able to live on Mars if they had a dictator? I don't know, man, that could be kind of weird. I, I mean, I think Elon is, I think Elon is, is, is an Iron Man, not so much a Dr. Evil in my mind, yeah. but you never fucking know. Like you, you got to just keep... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's kind of weird that uh, Jeff Bezos looks exactly like an evil master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true, man. It's yeah. so true. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Gonna <laughs> That's a whole other thing, right there, man. But I think like even with Elon Musk, like the one thing that I think had so much impact on his life, from what I know, is he read a lot of science fiction as a kid. And I think like you need to have the reality aspect of it, like the business side. But then also there's like who who shapes those minds of the people that end up creating stuff who shapes the Elon Musk. And I got to tell you from what I know, it's science fiction writers and, and filmmakers, right? It's, you know, the people who watch 2001, a space odyssey, they're now working at SpaceX, actually making that happen. So you almost need that imagination, you know, like what could be possible? Okay. Now let's go beyond that. I don't give a shit what technology we actually have here. What is possible? Yeah, I think imagination plays so, like, it's so huge in business. I think it's, it's such an underplayed thing. Um, extremely underplayed, under, like, underrated, like, asset to have is, is imagination. Man, I, I can't agree more. Have you, I mean, like, you came obviously from, like, this imagination from, like, acting, acting and stuff. So for you, what was it that, like, really fostered it? Was it, was it just being immersed in, in acting and really stretching out your imagination? Or do you think there's stuff you can, like, I don't think you can read this kind of stuff. Like, maybe to, like, unlock the door but i think it's like an active process kind of like working out you know yeah agreed i it's tough with me because i've always been like i've been doing acting classes when i was like a young kid like my mom would take me to like saturday classes um to kind of give me something to do when i was younger um and i'd always been writing as well like always i'd literally i remember vividly it's very funny that i remember this but um like my mom would get me like notepads i'm just blank notepads before i even knew how to write and I would just scribble uh, on them and I wouldn't even know what I was writing. I would just imagine the story that I was writing, <laughs> as weird as it sounds, and just be these massive notebooks with just scribbles on them. Um, but I'd have, I would have imagined the story as I was right, as I was scribbling on there. Um, and later on, I did that when we got a, like a computer, the uh, first ever computer for the house. Like I would do the same thing on Word and just write complete gibberish words and imagine the story. And then I actually learned um, how to actually, you know, write coherent sentences um so i've always been writing always been interested i've been heavily into fiction until i started getting into self-help that was when i started reading a lot more nonfiction as well me too man that's that's definitely a really big parallel it's like i wasn't really interested at all in reading or anything unless it was like a comic book maybe until you know self-help and there's like these real ideas 
But I totally know what you mean. It's like, how do you merge the two? And I think you've been doing a great job of that. And how can you take these stories now that you're talking about, like cults and MLM and these fake gurus? And then how can you write like a fictional story about it? You know, it's like, like, you know, you're basing it off reality. But I think that's where a lot of really good stories are actually made of. So I want to tie all this in together. And this is what I personally think, man. You're going to look back on your YouTube career and what you're creating now as another stepping stone, I think, into like a whole other thing. And it's all just part of the process. And I know that, you know, it's like not this is not the end. It's like sort of another node in the network of things you'll start connecting, which is fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm very interested to see where it goes, considering this is like literally we're only months into it. Um, I mean, you never know. Never know what's going to happen. I think YouTube is just going to be my home for a while, but who knows? Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting few years. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you found your platform and I'm so glad that you're creating these videos because I can't wait anytime you post them. And if any time you need, um, another, another brain to kind of bounce ideas off of, I'm always around. We're just a zoom call away. Um, but dude, I want to just kind of end this, um, with a question that I love to start ending these podcasts with, um, which is what is something that you're extremely excited about? coming up in the future, whether it's videos that you're producing, an idea that can spark into a new video, whatever it is, it could be something totally unrelated to YouTube channel. What's something that really excites you in, in the near future? You know, I, I mean, I was trying to think of something that is other than the YouTube channel, but I guess because of the context of how things are going right now, I think that is my, the big thing that nonstop I'm obsessing over is the channel and where the channel is going to go. And uh, as I said, the big vision is to have this channel be like the Netflix of YouTube, um, where people literally anticipate and wait for the next thing. And create almost a team with me and like in many ways i I even say this to um (laughs) to a couple people it's almost like me starting this channel was a way of getting back at anyone that rejected me when i was in an audition as an actor where it's now like i'm creating my own like mini movies and like trying to build a team and a studio out um and in many ways that's it, it almost feels like that's what's happening but it excites me so 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 much to see what i can do with the channel and how far i can take the channel and all Always at the heart of it was going to be this idea of creating really good quality content that is really entertaining, tells a really good story, and also educates people at the same time. And that to me, yeah, I, it's it's the things like this. Something I think about in the morning, afternoon, like evening. It's, it's literally an obsession at this point. Like I obsess over that that vision. Um, and that right now is the biggest thing for me that I'm that I'm excited about. Man, that is awesome. I'm extremely excited. Again, anytime that you're saying that you're going to be putting out a new video, I get excited. So that's a really good thing as well. And I'm so glad that that you're actually excited about that you love doing it. Because a lot of people, they would actually give up when they get to your point. They kind of like reach the peak. They're like, fuck that. But I love how you're just like, you have a chip on your shoulder. Like you have almost like another reason of like, fuck you guys. I want to make sure you see this. You got to see this. That's how Michael Jordan got so big, man. He had a chip on his shoulder. And I think... I always bet on people who have a chip on their shoulder every time, because if you're trying to prove something, you will most likely get it done, especially if you have a, if you have a great vision, you have great talent and you have a great uh, idea. And I think you have it all, man. So honestly, man, it's been a pleasure for you to be um, a guest here on, on mind Mountain. And I hope we can do this again because I feel like we've really t- only touched the surface. And I feel like every time you have a video, like there's so much you can talk about within that one topic. And we only have so much time that we can only cover so many topics in a certain amount of time. 
So um, just before you, you head out, um, where can people find you online? Where can they find your YouTube videos? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, and, and thank you as well for inviting me, Josh. I really appreciate it. Um, I think this is pretty much the first podcast I've ever done, I think. Yeah. So this is officially the first one I've ever done. Um, and if you guys want to find me, you can uh, search James Janney on YouTube. Uh, should be the first thing that comes up. Um, and then if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's james.v.j let me just double check this um let's see james.v yeah james.v.j on instagram and on twitter it's at james v janny um j-a-n for november i and that is that that's my plug that's awesome man well thanks so much for taking the time and let's do this again would love to josh would love to awesome thanks man take care man.